This was recorded at the 18th Chinwag Live event Search vs. Recommendation on September 2nd, 2008 in London. Featuring on the panel Walid Al-Sakaf of Trusted Places, Lisa Detlefson of Base One, Luke Arrington from Revue, David Mayer-Roberts of The Filter, and John Myers of MediaVest with Google consultant Steve Johnston sharing. It was sponsored by Sun Startup Essentials and the UKTI. The event was produced by Elizabeth Varley and Deirdre Malloy on behalf of Chinwag, part one. Okay, uh, welcome everybody. I'm Steve Johnston, your chair for the evening, so if it all goes well, you can thank me. If it all goes horribly wrong, you can blame me. Um, we have the panel nicely segmented so that you can remember who are the review people and who are the search people. Uh, Organise that very carefully in advance. These are the search people and those are the review people. And for the benefit of the podcast, it's those on the left. Right. Um, this evening we're talking about two different ways in which people's customer journeys work. And uh, I think during the course of the session we'll explore those. We will have a debate about them. Some of us may take sides. Uh, hopefully, generally, you'll leave with slightly more insight than you arrived with. That would certainly be our objective. I'd be very happy to hear if we've succeeded or not towards the end. Um, and basically, before we start, I'd last, uh, like to ask you all three questions and uh, get you in the spirit of interact- interactivity. The first question I'd like to ask you is, how many of you routinely use search engines when you go buying things on the internet? Oh, man, wow, what a surprise. Fantastic. For the benefit of the podcast, that was everybody in the room. Um, and who of you routinely use review websites when buying things online? And now for the benefit of the podcast, that was about 90% of the room. And who of you routinely use search engines to search for reviews online when buying things? And we're down to about 60 70%. Thank you very much indeed. Right. Um, with that out of the way and uh, our, our sense of you a little better uh, in perspective, I'd like now to introduce or well, ask each of the panelists to introduce themselves and to spend just a couple of minutes or three minutes if they can manage it talking about what their business is in terms of its contribution to this debate and their position on this um, particular topic. Uh, so you haven't got very much time, guys, so please don't overrun. I'll start with you, Walid, right down the end, down the end there. Hi, my name is Walid Asakaf. I'm the co-founder of TrustedPlaces.com. We are a local city guide, which is powered by a community of individuals. Uh, all the individual people like you and me who write recommendations of their favorite restaurants, bars, and cafes. Now... For us, uh, what's interesting is, you know, is, of course, the collaboration between search and recommendation. So search is a great way for people to discover who we are, what is Trusted Places. Um, a high percentage of our traffic comes from search engines. But the question I'll ask you is, how do you use search and how do you use recommendation? I mean, would you use a search engine to tell you where is the best romantic restaurant, for example, to ask your girlfriend to marry you, or, or vice versa. Um, you wouldn't put those details into Google. Now, if you're looking for a simple address uh, of a restaurant, Google does that very well. So it's interesting where the split ends between how specific is the information and how you're looking for a recommendation or even perhaps inspiration, and to what level you can trust that information. Excellent. Thank you, Wally. Um, Next, David, please. Hi, I'm David Mar-Roberts. I'm the CEO of The Filter. Um, We're a smart discovery um, destination, really, for entertainment content um, and RSS feeds. We basically use um, your tastes and the tastes of your friends 
um, to try and reduce the overwhelming amount of choice there is now in terms of content. Was it 200 million videos on YouTube or something like that? 50 million individual tracks in the world to listen to. We try and reduce that overwhelming choice down to a world which is more navigable for you to discover stuff that you're going to like. Um, and filter everything out as a start point that you're really not going to be into. And then we really try and filter in the stuff that, that, that you will be into using um, artificial intelligence to understand your tastes. Um, and we use uh, feeds from existing profiles you might have on Last.fm or Flickster, um, as well as any activity you might have um, with us on our site and a plugin that you can download that sits behind your media player on your computer. Um, so we very much believe in terms of this debate in a blend between um, artificial intelligence to try and reduce this crazy world of content into something that is more navigable, but then also giving you the tools to use your friends or potentially experts, review sites, RSS fees, etc., to, to a, li a little bit to mimic the real world, where if you wanted to discover music or movies in the real world, you could you know, buy a magazine, ask your friends... Uh, but the difference is online, you also have an enormous vapor trail, as I call it, of, of, of what you do. And uh, what we're trying to do, and we're at the early stages of that, is try and understand that vapor trail and, and to turn it into something meaningful. Um, and, you know, there's, there's no doubt that when you, in this specific debate about specific search and discovery, um, there are different use cases to a certain extent. Um, we find um, part of our business model is that we license our technology to a number of, a number of players, and Nokia globally use, use the filter. And um, that, that, that we know that within when you're looking to actually buy something or download something, it works very well. The key question is when you're just in a sort of discovery mode, what tools do you use to try and help discover stuff that you're going to like that you might not know about? So that's us. Thank you, David. Luke? I use this one. Okay. <laughs> Hello there, I'm uh, Luke Errington from Revu. Thank you. Uh, we're all about helping people to decide what to buy uh, with, uh, with genuine customer, customer opinions at the heart of it. Uh, we, uh, we sort of distribute our content on, on retailer sites, including the likes of Vodafone and, uh, and Curry's, but also have Revu.com as, as the place for people to go to to decide what to buy, principally in the, in the electrical space. And in terms of the sort of search recommendation debate, I'm, I'm obviously biased, but uh, I, I feel quite strongly that in, certainly in the shopping space, recommendation is going to be a, a more powerful tool for people in due course. Um, but I think search is always going to play a part. I think for the, uh, for the tail keywords, nothing's, nothing's ever going to do it in the same way that uh, computer-powered search can, a la, a la Google. But I think there's also a, a new avenue emerging in the form of, of people-powered search as well, and I'm sure many of you will know the likes of Mahalo. I think that's uh, an interesting place, potentially for some of the, the sort of head terms and, and perhaps some of the, uh, the more niche keywords as well. Um, in terms of some of the other, the other questions that were thrown up, there's a question around how can brands capitalise on, uh, on recommendation sites. And, and these recommendation sites are there for shoppers and, and, and people and users first and foremost. But there's a real opportunity, I think, for brands, whether they be retailers or, or manufacturers or service providers, to listen and, uh, and engage with, uh, with the community. There was also a question around uh, wisdom of the crowds versus trusted community. I, I think these two things very much converge into, into one piece. This is, there's, only, there's only sort of one, uh, one thing there, and I think you need, you need both. I think, I, it looks okay. like I'm being yeah, prompted on here. You are. Finally, just uh, around impartiality, uh, again, again biased here, but I think um, impartiality is, is critical and crucial to, to make a trusted recommendation. Uh, 
Great. We don't need to talk to you anymore. You've answered all the questions. Thank you, Lee. John? I was going to say, what can I say after that, really? So I guess over to the other side of the fence, over to the search side. It's quite, as alluded to, it's quite interesting to see we've all sat apart from each other. Uh, my name's John Myers. I'm Head of Search and Associate Director for MediaVest in the UK. And I guess I'm obviously, as it was Luke put, I'm, I'm a little bit biased as well. Um, I'm obviously going to come from a search side of the fence. And just to pick up on actually one thing, Wallet actually said about using a search engine to find the best place to ask your girlfriend to marry you, I actually did. So I actually <laughs> used Google. So I'm actually going to go against that one for a starter for 10. Um, she did say yes. Um, thankfully. For the podcast, she said yes. Um, so my stance on this really is to look at it in two ways. I mean, I can be very, very harsh and say you don't find anything unless you use a search engine. But I do believe that the two need, do exist and coexist very, very closely together with each other. You know, we are finding review sites now actually carrying search content and actually using it from the content point of view from a revenue stream. But also, I think, you know, when you, you talk about how people interact with search engines, you know, I think there's an opportunity to talk tonight about brand and big brands within, obviously, you know, this guy's space. And think about it, you know, is there an opportunity for more recommendation sites to actually come into the marketplace? You know, we have established brands. We have the trip advisors of this world that are there and available, obviously, the trusted places. Can another recommendation site come to the marketplace? Or are we finding more and more that actually people are turning to the search engine because they trust the content of the search engine maybe via a blog feed or something like that. It's more opinionated. It's fresh content. So it'll be interesting to see how we actually debate this one out tonight. So, you know, I guess I'll pass on the mic and uh, look forward to any questions you may have. Thank you very much, John. Lisa. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it short. <laughs> uh, my name is Lisa Ditlipson. I'm head of search at uh, Base One, uh, also founder of uh, SEO Chicks. Um, don't laugh at the title. Um, we, um, specializes, uh, we specialize in search and optimization, pay-per-click, and also social media. So um, although I am biased in that search is important, I also... Um, very much realise the social aspects of uh, um, review sites that can uh, can attribute to your um, search strategy campaign. Um, I'm not going to say much about my view yet, um, but I, I definitely do think uh, uh, that the review sites are very much dependent on the search engine to survive, especially in the start stages. Um, and as John said, it's... Um, uh, it's difficult for any review sites uh, now to get established uh, as it's kind of have had a, a big boom already. Uh, so I, I don't know whether it will continue to be um, as, as effective as these guys that maybe have had a, a big a big boom of traffic, etc. But but for for startups, especially for reviews review sites, it'd be difficult to actually to go ahead without the search engines. Um, uh, and I don't think it will ever take over from search, but it, it's a really good um, question, and it, it, I reckon it'd be a really good debate for tonight. Excellent. Thank you, Lisa. And for the record, I sit somewhere on the spectrum in between the two, um, as a good chair should, so that I can marshal the debate. Um, but genuinely, I do, having been involved in both sides of the spectrum over the course of my career, uh, and see the customer journey and the user demand needs at different stages being quite differently met by the two types of solution. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean to say there isn't a good debate to have, quite the contrary. Um, the plan is that I'm going to 
prompt these guys with a few sort of core questions now, and that will last about another 10, 15 minutes, and then we'll open the, the, the floor up to you guys. So my first question is aimed at the recommendation guys, and my question here is that, uh, not a question really, but it's prompted by a statement. If you look at the traffic in the marketplace, particularly when you're looking at shopping sites and where the visits come to from those shopping sites, the amount of traffic that comes through to shopping sites that have, for example, the word review as a search term is fractions of a percentage point. Surely the debate's already over, guys. <laughs> search wins. <laughs> it's not a question of, you know, search vs. Uh, recommendation. I mean, search, I completely agree, you know, especially at the beginning stages, provides, you know, great traffic um, for recommendation sites like ourselves. I mean, we're dependent upon search engines providing us a traffic. The question is, is once a user comes onto your recommendation site and starts um, seeing the value, and especially when you have a community, and starts interacting with the members and start trusting the members of the community, then depending on the type of queries they have, they won't necessarily go automatically to a search engine. They will go to their bodies within that community to find the answer because those individuals understand them and they can relate to them, which an algorithm can't. So for the first stage, the search engines are really good for that. But when you want to get to a certain kind of level of recommendations from trusted individuals, then recommendation sites are a better place for that. But then again, it does recommend the product, but it doesn't actually sell the product. So uh, I've looked at all your sites and, and looked through them today. And for example, with uh, Revo, is it, um, would have a look at a product, get a review, then go back to the search engine uh, and look for that product. Whoever is on the top... I would check them out, and it maybe it might be a, a third-party uh, site that has loads of uh, a competition, but that's where you do the sale. So if you're talking about conversions and sales, it's not the recommendation site that sells it, it's the search. I think we have to be careful, because the recommendation sites, there's, there's actual recommendation tools within sales sites. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know for a fact that anybody who licenses our products, 40% of all the things that they sell come from a recommendation um, so somebody's looking, browsing through the site, and they are recommended based on what they're browsing through um, statistical um, or social recommendations, mm. and they make a choice on that. So my belief, as I said at the beginning, is this blend. It absolutely is a blend that we know from in real life. It's just, it's, there's no different that you... Sometimes you know what you're looking for. You then look for the best place to go and buy it and the best price. Yeah. You can do that in the high street. It's obviously much more fun and better on the internet. But sometimes you need that validation. Oh, definitely, it has a trust. And that does do the sale. So I I think that it it really is working hand in hand. It doesn't sell about which product to buy, but not necessarily which company to buy it from. No, I agree. And they're different things. Because that's the full fulfillment and where's the best price. But actually, certainly in media, in content terms, it's a fairly emotional environment. Um, You know, whether whether, uh, you start with with you two and then you, you move into other things that you haven't heard before and you start discovering... Um, another, another tune that you might like, that, that actually is, is powered a lot through recommendation. So, Lisa, can I interrupt you a second? I'd, I'd like them to work through the, the, the initial <laughs> question, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, why, why, in, in, the face of, in the face of this very, very small, explicit demand for research, review, yeah. why do review sites matter? Okay, I, I get the, the point about recommendations working. Amazon proved that years and years ago. Why do review sites matter? Yeah. I think um, uh, it may be that whilst the, the, the sort of usage of the word review, uh, sorry, <laughs> me doing it again. <laughs> apologies, the word review um, in the keyword itself, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that that particular, <laughs> uh, 
um, that, that particular browser isn't interested in, in, in review content and specification data and other information. Um, we have a whole heap of people coming through on, on sort of more, uh, more sort of head terms, washing machines, televisions, and we can engage with those customers very well. It's not just the people searching for the word reviews that, are, that, um, that, that, we, can, that we can serve. Um, that said, I think, I, I think Lisa really does have a point here. I think a, a site that only provides recommendation and doesn't allow people to fulfill their, their needs, whether that be buying a TV or, or booking a restaurant, we absolutely have to fulfill the second part of that piece as well. And, and we're at the moment investing heavily in helping people not just decide what to buy, but where to buy as well. Um, and that sort of the next generation of price comparison, I think, is a really important part of, of recommendation. Okay, yes, go ahead, Lisa. Um, I, I totally agree with you, and, and that would be excellent. But then it's more aspects of wouldn't it be then for the um, for the services that are selling these products to get the review uh, part of their site instead of review sites? See, this is where it's all going. Would they would they not then just think about invest, investing in the review parts of their uh, their site and, and products uh, that they already have? They already have the traffic. If they then have the search and traffic, then get the reviews. That's obviously the best of all worlds. Well, the biggest issue you have there is impartiality. There is always this perception that if the content is hosted, for example, on their restaurant's website, that these are all the reviews that have been generated, that they may have been being tricked. I mean, we get at that ourselves. You know, or are you sure this reviewer is not the actual restaurateur? So it is really the perception that, that matters for those individuals. That it gives a better trust because it's not from there. Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't get that. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, the question then, I would like now to put a different question to the search guys. Um, my experience of um, kind of generic searches for the type of shopping behavior that I see happen all the time in the work we do re- looking at user demand is we come across quite generic expressions like mobile phones or LCD TVs. Now, I don't have a particular model in mind. Clearly, I'm interested in these products as a shopper. But that particular expression is not saying show me reviews, but it's not showing me, saying show me specific products either. Surely search is failing these people. No, I, I don't. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a refinement process, personally. You know, I think everybody sets out in, in, in the journey of search in the sense that I don't know... I know what I'm after, but I'm, I'm not bought into a brand or a particular type or something that I might actually want to... You know, I don't know. You know some people will specifically know an exact brand, an exact mate that they want to go and purchase... Some people open up with a search mobile phone. And it's how that search query refines over time when they actually obviously look down the sound, they read the reviews, they look at the actual content. But when you look at it from a point of view of, you know, where can that reviewing be done and where can you buy into certain types of product, that can be done across obviously organic and paid search. So you can split it into two fences. The organic can give you that review mechanism and give you that insight from maybe a, a blog or something that's interacted on a particular website with that you know, particular type of product. They might then turn to the paid search side of the mechanism to actually look for the best deal and actually purchase there. So in that particular model, you're actually going nowhere near a review-based website to buy into something. So I, you know, for me, search can offer you that kind of holistic approach and that actual overview to actually work through that journey path. And that's certainly something that we do look at. We look at, you know, my, my clients that turn around to me and say, generic terms never work for me. They always buy on my brand or they always buy on very niche tail terms. The reality is, is they maybe start with a generic and 10 days later they came back and purchased on a more specific term or a particular brand because they then bought into that business and bought into that particular purchase cycle. So, Okay, thank you. Lisa, do you have something to add? Um, 
Yeah, with regards to um, what the search engine can add on this, uh, um, I don't know whether you all heard about universal search, where uh, now you get um, a, a wider range of different, uh, different um, results in the search engines and the organic results where you get uh, videos and images, etc. If, if the uh, companies or the actual service can start um, uh, using, using this to the best advantage, that kind of aspect um, specifically on, um, on uh, video or making uh, social um, uh, additions for images, uh, videos can can really help them as well to sell. It's not only just a plain uh, this this is what we sell mobiles.co.uk and then the the title description. You can really um, get a further um, uh, visual aspects on it that would help with that that is closer to the the review part of it. I'm, I don't find myself completely compelled that search can answer these questions yet. And then the main reason is, presumably, given how these people have proved to us, if this sample of, a, I don't know how many people are in the room, 100 or 20, 150, that they all want review information. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, if you search for mobile phones, you don't get a review site as number one or, or number two. You get mostly retailers. Surely the most useful place to put someone, if they're looking for that kind of generic search, without having to refine it, would be a review site. Well, yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree that that's why, I, you know, when I started, I, I talked in the concept they absolutely need to exist with one another. They, they do. You know, there's a place in the marketplace for this, but I absolutely believe there's also a place within the search engine to, to gain that review. You know, there was a long, a long-standing time when Google, which if you stuck in specific hotel searches and stuff like that, all it spat out at the top of the listings was TripAdvisor, you know, data feeds. Same with eBay. If you were looking to buy a product, you could actually get a, a live auction with about 20 minutes left to run on it, spitting out at the top of Google. Obviously, Google looked at that and probably decided it wasn't best user practice. And actually, there was a big hoo-ha about a year ago where obviously eBay kicked off as one of Google's biggest customers. That actually, Google started knocking that data out um, to stop that from happening. So. They've got to exist and coexist with one another, without a doubt. You know, search is there and search is an absolute purchase mechanism, without a doubt. You know, it, it will drive revenue, it will drive return on investment for you as a client base. You know, you could look at it another way and you could take, in the sense, as Lisa said, Google Universal and take what was frugal and is now Google product search. That's available to any retailer out there as a data feed. You know, you can upload that for free for, through Google Base. You can put all your product base in there, price it, give it a review, give it content about the specific product. And if somebody searches long tail on a, a mobile phone or any type of product in the marketplace, it'll appear at the top of Google priced against other competitors there. So there is an opportunity to jump that data straight to the top of the search engine on the natural listings. And it is quite a potent level of traffic that's available from that today. Sure. Hi, so, David. Yeah, just, I mean... I, don't disagree with that. I just think that there's, um, I mean, uh, the link to the real world. I'm sorry if I keep on bringing it into the real world. This <laughs> thing that I guess I, I'm used to. Um, you know, when I buy a mobile phone, I definitely use um, search mechanism, but I, I'll still go to the car phone warehouse to ask a guy because I say, well, listen, I, I want to do this. I want to play music and I have 500 texts and I want my email. Can you help me? Give me an idea of two or three services I need to go. And then I'll go online and find the best price. And that's why the combination. Now, what what we're trying to do is find a way of, I guess, replacing that real-world car phone warehouse guy with with another service. And... um, and whether that's our way, which is trying to use your, your data trail and, your, and your, uh, the fact that you, you do certain things online to try and help you do that, um, or bring in and filter RSS fees, or if it's using um, you know, trusted, um, uh, colleague, uh, trusted friends within, within a social environment. I think there is really that place to, to, if you put those two things together, you can really maximize the experience 
Um, so all the benefits of, of data crunching with also those benefits of the Carfin Warehouse guy or <laughs> the HMV guy as he used to be known or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally right. And, and that would give such a big... Um, it's, again, the whole about trust. You do trust that person, especially when you see him. So you get this... It's like the, the online HMV guy to, to see what they actually think about it. The problem, though, is that now you, it's getting more and more competition. And you're, the, the, the sites are um, really dependent on the masses to get that information, to get those reviews. And the more competition it gets from those recommendation sites, the more kind of affiliate and, and, and junk you get get in there that, that how, do you, how do you guys deal with it with those kind of issues within the recommendation sites for us it's the community i mean the community is our first line of defense it's our police i mean you get cases of you know genuine in users reviewing a place passionately because they loved it they hate it or somewhere in between and you get of course a restaurateur who comes in and writes a beautiful review about his business um and that's he would though wouldn't he sorry <laughs> of he course would. of course <laughs> But our community is, is very savvy, so they will spot an individual who wrote a review, created nothing else, no other reviews, didn't provide any other information on their profile, and they'll say, fine, but you've got to disclose yourself as a business owner. And if you do, that's perfectly acceptable. But if you don't and you try to cheat, then the community will uh, flag that review and we will um, act upon it. So the community, if you want, because they're passionate, because there's this trust and if we bring them back to the offline world, I mean, these are members who meet offline also and exchange top tips and then come back on the web and keep on exchanging information. Did you have something? Sorry, Luke. Yeah, just uh, we, have a, we have a slightly different model for, um, for collecting the content. We have over 50 retailer relationships, and we work with retailers to take uh, the details of people who've definitely purchased a product from them. We email those, those, those customers um, and collect reviews only from those people. So we're not reliant on search traffic to the site to get a critical mass of reviews. And we've got 1,000 reviews in Nokia N95, and we've got reviews of 18,000 products. And that's all through a, a slightly different mechanism, a mechanism that's, that's different, different to the, sort of the, old, uh, the old TripAdvisor model, for example. And that assures two things. A, we can get sort of critical mass of, of content and coverage. Um, B, it also means that all the reviews are from, from real people who definitely own that product, comes back to this, this point around impartiality as well. But the thing is, isn't that a case, uh, certainly from my experience, and we, I know we keep talking about TripAdvisor, it's a bit unfair. Is there anybody from TripAdvisor actually in the room? Because I feel like we're ripping you to shreds. And, uh, hand up, anyone? Um, sorry if you are. Um, my experience there is, is, is the fact that you get, sometimes you get a lot of reviews, and sometimes you don't get a great deal of reviews, or you get reviews that are maybe from a couple of years ago. So you, you can't take that on face value. You've got it. You know, these sites are used to, to interact with to actually give you an opinion on a particular hotel or a resort. And if that data isn't there, it's kind of failing itself as a mechanism. So people will turn more towards the search engine to find somebody who's maybe wrote opinionated blog content or, you know, up-to-date fresh content that's there and available that's indexing in the engines and actually use that. So is it a, is it a game for yourselves that you've got to be constantly having to get frequency of review or, you know, battle to have that? I feel like I'm asking questions now for you as well. So don't worry, I'm not the only person who can ask questions. Uh, of course, I mean, re- recommendation, recommendation sites are always, if you want, playing catch-up in making sure that all of the content has fresh content. Um, and that's why you have to open up your site to bring in 
partners, you know, which have some kind of complemented with yours so that you give your users um, a complete experience. And if you don't have that content, let them fly somewhere else. If it is, you know, back to our search engine or somewhere else, as long as you fulfill the experience and they will come back to you. Okay, um, I've got a couple more quick questions and then I'm keen to hand over to the audience. They look like they're gagging for it. Um, the first question is, um, I'm, I'm glad you keep bringing up TripAdvisor because the irony is, of course, that TripAdvisor are the definitive recommendation site who outperform every other tra tra travel site in terms of search traffic, in terms of traffic full stop. There is not another site out there that's more powerful and more influential than TripAdvisor. And TripAdvisor does it because it's huge and it has built it up purely around reviews and presumably has a similar kind of trusted um, thing going on that uh, Trusted Places has. Now, the other great review site, which I can, maybe I'm stretching the point slightly here, is Wikipedia. Wikipedia exists. Uh, why is it there aren't more review sites like, like um, TripAdvisor and Wikipedia in terms of the general experience we have as consumers? What is it you guys are doing wrong? Why aren't you up there with those results? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so we launched in, on June the 3rd. <laughs> okay. That long ago. Yeah, give him time, then. Give him time. <laughs> Go on, Wally. Tell me. <laughs> um, what does it take? Come on, that's the point. What does it take to, to get better penetration, to get a, get a reach? Um, There's a mixture of, of course, you know, building a great product experience so that what people come on your site and they will just keep recommending you to as many of their friends as possible. There's, of course, an element of being very you know, optimized for search engines so that search engines send you traffic. And that means, you know, uh, having a lot of content and making sure it's constantly fresh. There is, of course, a question of time. I mean, TripAdvisor has been here for quite a few years and has built, you know, a link history which is trusted by the search engines, which when we're sites which is a year or two or three years old, it's, it's slightly, it'll take us more time to get there. So I would love to have this question again maybe in two years, and we'll be able to answer it with much more confidence. Okay. So, yeah, well, trip advice. Actually, we'll make, a I'm, date now. make a date now. I'll make a date now. <laughs> I'm going to answer that for you because I agree with you. I think it's very unfair to be taken on, the, on that side because TripAdvisor is so much older and from a search perspective, they are already getting a lot of traffic because of the age of the domain and the links that they have going to the site. And Wikipedia is one for like the, the trust and the, the rankings that they have for about everything, for all the, pardon my French, bollocks that they have on there. It's amazing. <laughs> So um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that they are the best ones. So um, I, I think that you actually, actually do have a, a great um, opportunity, but it's more about uh, utilizing all the other factors of, of marketing, not only the, the search engines, so the, the social, social media, the, the kind of uh, link-baiting uh, tactics to get those uh, links that you, oh, have you done something dodgy? You're looking a bit... <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th I think that's... I don't know, how, how old is... Um, uh, how old is... That side. Well, TripAdvisor. Yeah. Uh, it must be late seven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. easily. Yeah. Luke, Luke, what's your, what's your defence? Well, I, I, um, my defence. I, I, I think it's, it's all about giving people a great proposition at the end of that. I think TripAdvisor did a, did a pretty good job in terms of deciding uh, which hotel to go and stay at. Um, I believe that, that we're doing an increasingly good job in terms of helping people decide which product to buy. Uh, I think it's also about engaging, engaging with the audience, and I think Trusted Places seem to be doing a, a fantastic job of that already. Um, and then a final piece in my mind is just finding a, a decent SEO consultant to help us get up the rankings, to be honest. Any of them in the room? <laughs> Can't, see Can't see any. For reference on the podcast, both the search people put their hands up. <laughs> 
Excellent. Okay. Well, I've saved my best question for last, so let's hope I haven't oversold it already. Um, right. Okay. So, recommendation sites built on trust, built on um, information. Isn't Google just one big recommendation site built on link reputation to actually provide the recommendations? And without its own recommendation engine, we wouldn't have search that we know it. Well. <laughs> Told you it was good. It completely <laughs> stunned them. Thanks for that answer, Steve. Um, yes. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> probably one way of looking at it. I mean, Google's, Google is a phenomenon. Google is something that came from nowhere and is absolutely taking a, a huge market share, you know, globally. I know in the UK here we look at 85% market share. That's the norm across Europe pretty much these days. Um, I think it's, it's built a brand. It's achieved something where it's, you know, it's a value of the search results it returns, the accuracy of some of the search results it returns. And I think it's mentality as well. A lot of people now are actually just saying Google is the be-all of everything. You know, 67% of all, media, all other media spend results in a search on Google. You know, that's, that's the power of that brand. And people are talking about the concept of you're not on Google as a brand, you're not trusted as a brand. So... I think Google is a recommendation site in its own right, without a doubt. Excellent. Thank you very much. Lisa, have anything to add? No. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Okay. I've got something to add on. Just on that last question. Hold your horses. Sorry to chip into the chair, but um, I, I think that's, that's, that's absolutely true. But if, if you want to find the best Thai restaurant in London, you want to find a, a track that you're really going to love, or you want to find the best 42-inch TV, typing those things into Google today doesn't give you a good answer. Definitely not. Um, it so, gives you a list to, of shots. Sorry to butt in. But... No, 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 you're absolutely right. And it is, it is a frustrating experience. Okay, excellent. We have a microphone there. Where's Chinwag it? Live, search first recommendation on September 2nd, 2008, was a Chinwag production sponsored by Sun Startup Essentials and the UKTI. For more information, please visit www.chinwag.com. End of part one. <laughs>